this summer at Holy Cross, we are diving into the book of Psalms. We'll be looking at the different types of Psalms and the themes that are contained in this book as a whole. We especially want you to learn about how we as believers can relate to the emotions in the Psalms and learn to pray through those in your everyday life. Join us now as we unpack another Psalm. Pray with me, please. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for all those that we call father or daddy or papa or grandpa. And we we give you praise for all that they have done for us, guiding us, teaching us, providing for us, loving us. And most of all, we thank you for being the father of all. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing with our sermon series on the Psalms. And today's Psalm, Psalm 95, is technically called a a psalm of thanksgiving, but if you dig into it a little bit deeper, um, you can really find that it's a psalm of worship, and it it stresses listening to God, being obedient, and, and of course, being thankful. So with that being said, first a disclaimer. I tell this story with permission of my wife. Many years ago, I traveled a lot for work. And on one particular trip, I was going to Detroit. And two days before I got there, Northwest Airlines Flight 255, a large passenger plane, had tragically crashed at the airport. As the plane took off and reached the end of the runway, it could not sustain lift. It clipped the roof of the Avis building at the end of the runway causing the left wing to disintegrate and the fuel to ignite. The plane turned over and crashed onto Middle Belt Road, which is a six-lane highway, and at that particular point goes underneath I-94, so a very crowded spot. The plane hit the road inverted and disintegrated as it slid underneath the overpass. Only one person survived. That was a four-year-old girl they found still strapped into her seat under the overpass. And the wreckage was still lying everywhere when I arrived. On a more uplifting note now, just prior to Middle Belt Road going underneath I-94, there was a large intersection. As it happened, the intersection was less crowded than normal. And sitting at the red light at the intersection was a car with a husband and wife, and the wife was driving. The husband turned to look behind their car, only to see an upside-down airliner engulfed in flames about to hit the road 100 yards behind them. He screamed at his wife, Go, 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 now! And she did. The disintegrating plane actually chased them through the intersection and underneath I-94. Without questioning... His wife had immediately accelerated through the red light and oncoming traffic, saving both their lives. She had listened, she had obeyed, and you can bet that she was thankful. Now, I don't know about any of you, but if that had been my wife and I sitting at that intersection, (laughs) I probably would not be with you right now. If we had been sitting at the light, the conversation might have gone something like this. 
Go, go, go now. Why? (laughs) Seriously, go now. But the light is red. I'll get a ticket. Just go. Stop yelling at me. There's traffic. Listen to me. We need to go now. Why are you being so mean? Splat. Now, I'm not picking on Ellen. If we are honest, do we listen? Do we obey? And are we grateful? How many of us hear God's voice telling us to do something and we either don't recognize it or we find an excuse or a reason not to obey him? We have a loving God who tries to protect us from the plane crashes of everyday life. How many of life's crashes could we avoid if we simply did learn to listen and then obeyed? Not with conditions or questions, but happily, immediately, and gratefully. Our psalm today warns us about having hardened hearts and testing God by being stubborn and refusing to obey and being ungrateful. It says, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me. A hardened heart is one that refuses to obey God, refuses to listen to God, and is ungrateful for what God provides, not just in material things, but in discernment and guidance. So where is your heart today? In today's gospel passage, the ten lepers are cured, but then they forget all about the grace that Jesus has shown them after they beg to be saved. Instead, all but one, just the Samaritan, head out fat and happy and feeling good for what they got. Only one has taken the time to thank him for his grace. When we read this passage, we all think, man, those guys sure had a lot to learn about obedience and being thankful. But how many of us do the exact same thing every day? Let's look at Matthew for a second. In this passage, Jesus is calling Peter, Andrew, James, and John to be his disciples. Come follow me, Jesus says, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. There are two key points in there, tiny but very important, at once and immediately. What if Peter, Andrew, James, and John instead had said, gee, I don't know, i got to think about that. Or, oh man, we've got these nets to mend, got some fish to clean, got to fix the boat. Oh wow, look at the time. We can always find an excuse, but they didn't. Without question, they dropped everything and followed Jesus, having no idea what it was ultimately going to mean. Imagine how things would be different if they had not. Think about Noah. Even forgetting about all the animals, if God told you to quit your job, drop everything in your life and build a giant boat, would you do it? Good for you. (laughs) Would you drop everything in your life immediately or would you have questions? My wife and I often joke that we have paralysis by analysis. Believe me, 
I'd have questions. Thanks to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, we have the ability to have a relationship with God. And we can talk directly to him. In our prayers, we can ask him for discernment and guidance. And he will answer us directly. Maybe not in the time that we expect or want, or in the way that we expect or want, but he will answer. So when was the last time you know you heard from God? I hear a lot of people say, I don't think that God ever talks to me. Or, what does God's voice sound like? Or, how do I know that's God talking to me? How do we soften our own hearts so that we don't go astray? Well, David provides us with the blueprint for that in today's psalm. We need to listen. We need to be obedient. And then we need to show God that we are grateful. What are two things you often hear parents say to their kids? Listen to me and do what I tell you. We say that because we want to protect our kids. As God's children, do you think he feels any different about us? What if, what we, what if when we said that to our kids, they came back with, I don't know, let me think about it. There might be consequences, right? Remember that. <laughs> All God asks is that we are obedient to what he asks and are thankful for what he provides. So let's take a look at that blueprint and see what it means to listen and be obedient. The sad truth is that in our busy, distracted lives, most of us don't listen. Throughout our everyday lives, we go around hearing whatever we want to hear, or even worse, ignoring what we hear. My wife, who I swear I'm not picking on, accuses me of having selective hearing. If I have something that I think is more interesting to distract me, I have the ability to look right at her and completely tune her out while she's talking. (laughs) Anybody else have that great talent? I heard this story. One day a wife starts talking to her husband while he's watching a football game. He immediately turns off the TV, turns, looks intently into her eyes, listening. Stop it, she says. You're deliberately listening just to confuse me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not necessarily proud of that talent. But you get my point. If we practice going around ignoring each other, what are we doing with God? We are ignoring him. Listening should be easy. After, I mean, all you have to do is sit there. Or is it hearing that's easy? Listening might be a little tougher. While I'm talking, you could be hearing blah, 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 blah. Or you could be listening. Have you ever been talking to someone, you know darn well that while you're talking, they're busy thinking about what they're going to say when you finally shut up? They're not listening to you. They're just waiting for their chance to talk. How often do we do that with God? Are we so busy trying to tell God what we want him to do for us that we completely miss him telling us what he wants us to do for him? I told this story a couple of weeks ago Daniel Island, so if you heard it, pretend you didn't. A couple of good old boy hunters are out in the woods when one of them falls to the ground. He doesn't seem to be breathing, and his eyes are rolled back in his head. The other hunter starts to panic and whips out his cell phone, calls 911. Frantically bursts out to the operator, my friend Bubba is dead. What can I do? 
The operator, trying to calm him down, says, take it easy. I can help. Just listen to me and do what I tell you. First, let's make sure he's dead. There's a short pause, and then the operator hears a loud gunshot. The hunter comes back on the line and says, okay, now what? Listening is not easy. It's easy to hear words without understanding the message. Being a good listener takes practice and effort. What are some things that make it hard to listen? Well, distractions, obviously. We have no shortage of those in this modern world. Noise. Have you ever tried to carry on a conversation in a, in a loud bar or a restaurant? If you really want to talk and listen to somebody, it has to be quiet. Energy. If you are hangry, a term my beautiful daughter uses to describe her kids, exhausted in pain or some other physically trying state, you're not going to be a good listener at that point. And emotions. If you are all jacked up about something, you won't be a good listener either. So don't try listening to God when you're eight steps away from the summit of Everest. How do we become better listeners and able to hear what God is trying to tell us? Well, I came up with a few ways. Bottom line, if we want to hear from God, we have to spend time with him, quality time. That means we need to be deliberate about it. We need to set aside time, quiet time. Did you know if you rearrange the letters of listen, you can spell silent? Tricky. Time with no distractions and engage in what I'm going to call listening prayer. We don't just want to rattle off a long list of things that we want God to do for us and not give him a chance to talk. So when you talk to God, stop and listen. Don't be a fair-weather friend to God. Or maybe I should say bad weather. A lot of us miss out on hearing from God because we only turn to him when we have a crisis or we need his help. Then because we're so desperate... We get frustrated because we don't hear the answers that we want to hear. Spend time with God when you are joyous and feeling great and thank him for the blessings you have received, not just when things are bad. Quiet your heart. Well, what does that mean? And how do you do that? We hear Trevor say it all the time when he's praying for us. It means eliminating those distractions, the noise of the world around us, and looking for that Ah, moment, that quiet, silent, perfect moment. There are numerous references in the scriptures about being still. In Psalm 46, it says, be still and know that I am God. In Psalm 23, it says, he leads me beside still waters. Be still. Trust and be willing. We need to be willing to listen, no matter what the answer is. Don't expect God to give you the answer you want or get angry when it's not what you want to hear. Trust that God's answer is the right one for you. God has a great plan for each of us, and as we listen and trust, we will become more confident in that plan. Be patient. Learning to listen and recognize God's voice doesn't always happen overnight. But be confident that he has heard your prayers in the meantime. And he'll let you know when the time is right. And finally, scripture. There's no better time for God to engage with you than when you are reading or studying his word. 
Be aware of passages that apply to how God is shaping you. A lot of people complain that they don't hear God, but I think the truth is that they don't recognize God's voice. That may be expect, they may be expecting thunder and lightning and a booming voice from the clouds. And I'm not saying that never happens, but I think more typically it's a whisper or a small voice. There are other ways that you might hear from God too, other than just hearing his voice. Something in a passage of scripture you are reading might reveal itself to you. It might be just the passage you needed to hear to help in making a decision or resolving something that you've been worrying about. A message in a sermon might speak to you about something that has been troubling you. Sometimes even life circumstances can be an indicator of the path that God is leading you down. Or a person might be put in your path for just the right and unknown reason. Stop and ask, what is God doing in all this? God's message may not always be life-changing or dramatic. Oftentimes it's just a whisper in the back of your mind. Some might call it a conscience that calls to you not to change your life, but to make you more like Christ. If you hear, I should really go and visit so-and-so in the hospital, that's God. If you hear, I should offer that soaking wet man walking in the rain a ride, that's God. If you hear, I should go over and give my husband or wife a hug, that's God. I should show that person who just cut me off in traffic some grace instead of signaling. That's God. So that's the first half of the equation, listening for God and having a relationship with him. The second half is what do we do when we hear him? According to Webster, obey means listen and act. Jesus put great emphasis on obedience to the word of God. In Luke's gospel, he said, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. C.S. Lewis said that obedience is the key that opens all doors. As with those first disciples, Jesus expects us to do what he asks immediately and without hesitation. As parents, we expect our kids to obey immediately and without question. Let's face it, delayed obedience is really disobedience. As children of God, why should we be any different? Obedience is not going to be easy. In fact, it's one of the hardest things about being a Christian. Nobody likes being told what to do. If something doesn't make sense to us or we don't like it, our tendency is to try and ignore it. But God doesn't need to explain himself. If we obey, the understanding will come later. When we follow God's plan, things will always work out for the best. But when we go off script and start implementing our own plan, things start to go haywire. We are basically telling God that we know better than he does. There is a direct link between faith and obedience. We are certainly not going to blindly obey someone we don't trust. So if we don't obey God, we are basically telling him that we don't trust him. Obey and you will be blessed, Jesus tells us. Some of God's messages may seem confusing to us or unfair even. But God expects us to have faith Trust him and obey anyway. Our obedience is proof to God that we love him and are thankful for his grace and all that he does for us. That is the obedience of love. The test of our love is our obedience. 
This also shows our faith and trust in him to guide us in all things and to protect us from those crashes. So how can we be sure that what we are hearing is from God's voice? Well, you can test it. Does it agree with scripture? God is consistent. If he said it once, he will always say it. Will it make you more like Christ? Jesus' goal for you is to become more and more like him every day. Bounce it off people in your church, family, or your life group. If it's from God, they'll agree with you that that's what you're hearing. And does it fit with where God has been taking you in your life's journey so far? Does it fit your spiritual gifts? Does it fit your likes and dislikes? Your personality was also given to you by God. He wouldn't ask you to do something that you hate. And does it match the path that God has brought you along in terms of work and education, family and faith? God has used all these experiences to shape you. If you hear quit your job as a civil engineer and become an astronaut, probably not from God. Does it give you peace? God wants you to be happy. If what you hear makes you feel rushed or anxious or pressured or frustrated, that's not God. Is it encouraging or rebuking? If you hear what if what you hear is that you are horrible and worthless, you guessed it. Not God. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. That's why he gives us his grace. With God, we need to feel guilty for about two seconds or as long as it takes us to repent and ask his forgiveness. Still not sure? Ask God to take it away. If it stays, it's from God. Finally, tell God you are thankful for all that he has provided. Give him the praise that he deserves for keeping you out of the plane crashes of everyday life or seeing you through them when they do happen. Take time to get quiet, turn off your brain, soften your heart. No, that's hard to do these days when we are bombarded by so many distractions and outside noise. But God can't get through to you if he's getting a busy signal. Don't miss the great plan that God has for you because you're not listening. In another psalm, Psalm 119, David sums it up pretty well. He says, just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey. I hope that you will all take the time to get quiet. Listen and be thankful that God loves you and wants to help. Learn to listen to him and pay attention to those little whispers and pangs of conscience. And when you hear them, don't just shrug them off and ignore them. It's not what you expected to hear. Trust God and show him that you love him through that obedience. Decide today, right now, where you want your heart to be. Is it going to be the softened heart that God wants you to have? Sometime today, find a quiet place and say, just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for all that you do for us. We give you thanks that uh, you, you lead us in the, in the ways that you have planned for us to go. And... Um, we pray that you will give us the strength and the willingness to listen to you and to be obedient when we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen.